Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, the official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees, from the organizational structure all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. A pleasant hello and welcome to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz. As always, thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode as the Somerset Patriots just wrapped up a six-game series on the road in Richmond, Virginia against the Richmond Flying Squirrels. The Flying Squirrels took four of six, so we're going to recap all that happened in this last week on today's episode, as well as preview the upcoming series against the Altoona Curve, a team that the Patriots have not yet seen. And also, there's a ton going on in the New York Yankees organization, players being sent up, players being sent down, a bunch of different transactions. We cover it all this week on the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! So Somerset wraps up a six-game series against the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Six games at the Diamond in Richmond, Virginia. And it was a very, very tightly contested series between these two teams. The Patriots entered with the best overall record in the AA Northeast League. The Richmond Flying Squirrels were coming off of a strong series against the Bowie Bay Sox, and we went back and forth from the very beginning of the series. Uh, Let me go back to just that first game between Somerset and Richmond. It was a 3-2 Patriots win. Ken Waldachuk was on the mound, and uh, it was a back-and-forth game. Somerset eventually took a 3-1 lead, carried that into the seventh inning, got some clutch hitting late, and then it was a nice performance from Elvis Peguero and Addison Russ to finish off the Flying Squirrels. A 3-2 win for the Patriots on Tuesday night, and that really set the stage for what this entire week was going to look like between these two teams. A bunch of one-run ball games. I mean, that that's, you know, taking a top-line takeaway from this series. Yes, the Richmond Flying Squirrels took four of six, but a bunch of really, really close ball games. Somerset took the first game by a one-run margin, and then Tuesday and Wednesday night were both extra inning games that went back and forth. It was Richmond who took Wednesday night's ball game seven to six in eleven innings. The Patriots had some opportunities to win that ball game, weren't able to come through. Uh, and then the next night on Thursday night, the Patriots took that ball game extra innings, a six-five win for Somerset. And then on Friday night, uh, it was a game that once again went back and forth between the two teams. And eventually, after the Patriots were trailing twice by a pair of runs. They came back, they tied it up in the seventh inning, and then it was a two-run home run from Vince Fernandez in the bottom of the eighth. That sent the Richmond Flying Squirrels ahead 6-4, to four, but still a close game. And then Saturday's game uh, was a rain-shortened affair where the Patriots had an early lead and Richmond got going uh, starting in the bottom of the second inning with a five-run frame and ultimately won that ball game. And then it was a heartbreaker for the Patriots on a Sunday with an 8-7 late loss. Taking a look at some of the big picture items in this week uh, that spelled the Patriots' tough week. To start, it was the home run ball that really got away from Somerset in terms of their pitching staff. They allowed 11 home runs to the Richmond Flying Squirrels over this series. 
Now, we have talked so often throughout the course of the season about how the Somerset Patriots, they have the best statistical pitching staff in all of minor league baseball. Lowest earned run average, and then towards the bottom in whip, towards the bottom in batting average against. They have the most strikeouts of any pitching staff at the AA level. So statistically, throughout so much of this season, the Patriots have really not found themselves in situations where there's been so many consistently high-scoring ball games, but that's what they ran into against the Richmond Flying Squirrels this week. Now, Richmond had been playing well before we got into this week. They had taken four games against the Bowie Bay Sox in their most recent series, but 11 home runs for the Richmond Flying Squirrels against the Patriots over a six-game stretch this week. Uh, that's not something that Somerset has done at all yet this season. Vince Fernandez led the way for the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Three home runs, nine RBI for him. Elliot Ramos had a couple of home runs. Diego Rincones had a couple of home runs, including a, uh, a very big one uh, that just wrapped up the game on a Sunday. David Villar had a big week. Elliot uh, Ramos had a big week. I mean, there was a number of players top to bottom in this Richmond Flying Squirrels lineup that really started giving it to some of these Patriots pitchers. Now, even in the games that Somerset won, you know, we've been used to seeing these pitchers dominate this year, and it just wasn't really the case this week. I mean, the best pitching performance for Somerset probably was Ken Waldachuk Tuesday night, where he set a career high with 11 strikeouts, a career high with uh, six and one-third innings of work, a career high with 97 pitches as well. And then a strong performance from Elvis Peguero and Addison Russ to finish off that game. Uh, but then the next night on Wednesday, Jansen Junk was hit probably the hardest that any team has hit him yet this year, allowing a season-high three runs on seven hits over five and two-thirds innings. And then Kevin Gadea struggled out of the pen. Ron Marinaccio gave up a couple of uh, runs that were inherited, uh, but he wound up striking out six batters in his two innings of relief. But then... The Somerset Patriots couldn't get anything going offensively. J.P. Sears only worked four and two-thirds innings in his start. Luis Medina looked really strong Friday night for the Patriots, had not allowed a hit over his first four innings, had only allowed two hits over his first five, and then imploded with walks that he really struggled with uh, his command in the sixth inning of his start Friday night. And that was the night where the Patriots let a lead get away. Uh, and then... It was Hayden Wesneski on Saturday for the Patriots, and Wesneski got hit as hard as anybody's gotten hit in a Patriots uniform so far this year. Wesneski allowed seven runs, all of them earned, including four home runs that he gave up to Richmond in that Saturday night game alone. It was the most home runs that the Patriots have given up in a game this season, and on top of that, it's the most home runs that a single Patriot pitcher has given up in any appearance so far this year. So the pitching really got away from the Patriots in this one. I mean, looking at just the last seven days for these Patriots pitchers, I mean, a lot of elevated earned run averages, elevated ERAs that we haven't really seen uh, from a lot of these guys so far this year. So this week was a bit of an inverse to what we've grown accustomed to seeing out of the Somerset Patriots so far this year. So looking at, you know, what it, really feels like to lose four of six against a Richmond Flying Squirrels team that the Patriots won five of six against back in June, you break down each individual game of this series and there are missed opportunities. I mean, this was a series that could have easily went a lot different. Look back at the first loss for the Patriots on Wednesday night. 
I mean, that was a game that went 11 innings, and Somerset took a three-run lead in the top of the eighth inning that night. They were leading 6-3, to going into the bottom of the eighth, and then allowed three runs to score in that bottom of the eighth inning, and then had opportunities in the 10th and the 11th in extra innings with a placed runner at second base, and were not able to score and ultimately lost that ball game 7-6. to six. Uh, But for Somerset to carry a three-run lead going into the bottom of the eighth and, and not find a way to win that one uh, was certainly surprising uh, because going into this series, the Patriots had only lost one game this year in which they led after seven. Now, on Wednesday night, they were leading by three runs going into the bottom of the eighth inning, and they wound up losing that game Keep that in mind as we go through the rest of the week in some of these Patriots' losses. They won Thursday night, but then on Friday night, again, as Somerset found themselves ahead, they struck first. They had a 2-0 lead going into the fifth inning. They had a 3-1 lead going into the bottom of the sixth, and then it was Luis Medina struggling with his command, giving up three runs in the bottom of the sixth, but the Patriots tied it up in the top of the seventh, and then it was once again at the eighth inning for the Richmond Flying Squirrels on Friday night, a two-run home run from Vince Fernandez. So again, another game that could have gone either way. The Patriots loaded the bases in the eighth inning uh, in that game with it tied at four at the time. Four consecutive Patriots batters drew a walk uh, against the combination of Matt Seelinger and Joey Marciano, but they weren't able to find a way uh, to get a run home in the eighth inning of that contest and ultimately lost. And then looking at Saturday night's loss, Patriots once again held a lead, a three-run lead going into the bottom of the fifth, and then the home run ball lifted the Richmond Flying Squirrels past the Patriots. Uh, it, it was a wacky night with weather and the wind blowing out to left center field, but still there were some hard-hit balls against Somerset. Uh, so, But again, a lead for the Patriots that got away. And then on Sunday, in my estimation so far, the toughest loss for the Patriots this season. A game that, you know, to finish off a series, finish off a road trip, an opportunity to earn a series split, feel good about what they did in Richmond, and come back home. Uh, Also, going into Sunday, having fallen into second place in the Northeast Division, that is, in my estimation, the toughest loss for the Patriots this year. They jumped out to a one nothing lead in the first, and then it was a 4-1 lead going into the bottom of the second inning, and Ken Waldachuk had really settled down for the Patriots. Uh, he struggled in the first. Again, we're talking about Sunday's game, but then a scoreless second, a scoreless third, a scoreless fourth, and a scoreless fifth is was really settling down. Somerset took a 5-1 lead going into the bottom of the sixth inning on Sunday, And then, you know, with baseball, so often you can trace a game back to just a couple of key moments and where the tide completely turned. And on Sunday, it was Waldachuk coming back out for the sixth inning at 75 pitches, and he allowed the first two base runners. He got Vince Fernandez out, and then with runners at second and third and one away with Waldachuk already at 88 pitches, the decision was... Should Waldachuk stay in and go up against Sandro Fabian, who was 0-2 against him in the day with a pair of strikeouts, or do you take Waldachuk out and bring on Elvis Peguero, who had not allowed a run over his first four and two-thirds innings with the Patriots? He was ready to go in the bullpen. It would have been a righty-righty matchup. Julio Mascara decided to hang with Waldachuk, and on the first pitch that Waldachuk offered to Fabian, uh, it was deposited for a three-run home run. 
Still, Somerset was leading by a run after that three-run shot, but it chased Waldachuk from the game. And then the Patriots responded with a two-run home run from Oswaldo Cabrera in the top of the seventh. But then the game got away from Somerset again. And it's a trend in all of these losses this week. They were leading by three going into the bottom of the seventh inning. A two-run home run from Elliot Ramos that just stayed fair uh, by inches, by feet, down the right field line, hugging the foul pole. Uh, that made it a one-run ball game. And then the Patriots decided to bring on Ron Marinaccio, who had not allowed a run since June 9th. It was nine straight appearances for Mar- Marinaccio in which a run was not charged against him. He came on for the bottom of the eighth inning with Somerset leading by a run, got the first two out of the inning. Then Frankie Tostado reached on an infield single on a play the, pro- the Patriots probably should have made. Jesus Bastidas, uh, who was making his double-A debut, made a nice sliding stop on a ground ball on an 0-2 count on a changeup that was low and out, out of the strike zone. And then uh, the throw went over to first base, and Max Burt wasn't able to make a, a short hop pick. And then the very next pitch after that, with a runner at first and two out, Diego Rincones hit a two-run home run on a hanging breaking ball off of Marinaccio. And poof, the Patriots' lead was gone. Uh, Richmond ultimately won the game. And instead of Somerset leaving Virginia with a split 3-3 series, it was the Richmond Flying Squirrels taking four of six over the Patriots. But you look at all of those losses, and those were all games where the Patriots had an opportunity carrying a lead late in the game to close it out and find themselves with a win. And each time, they were not able to get the job done. Now, the Patriots' bullpen ERA going into this series was the lowest among all teams in the AA Northeast League. That being said, this Patriots team has had a good amount of arms and a good amount of bats taken away from them. We'll get into the entire New York Yankees organization in uh, later in this episode, uh, but look at some of the different arms that have been moving around in the Yankees organization. The Patriots lost to Glenn Otto at the beginning of the series. He was transferred up to AAA Scran Wilkesbury, and everyone here is thrilled for Otto. Uh, but at the time, the Patriots got Brandon Lockridge in uh, to help out in terms of position players, uh, but the Patriots have had a short bullpen. Uh, they've only had really seven pitchers available in their bullpen, but you could go back to last Sunday against the Erie Seawolves where Nick Green made a spot start for the Patriots uh, because of all the reshuffling with Luisa Medina pitching in the Futures game and a bunch of rainouts and just a weird, wacky set of circumstances. And Somerset hasn't had a lot of the arms available uh, to really bridge the gap and get them across the finish line in these games. Now, the relievers that they've had have all had their successes. Addison Russ has been really good at times. Ron Marinaccio has been brilliant this year. Zach Green has been tremendous coming up from high A Hudson Valley. Elvis Peguero has been strong. Uh, Michael Gomez has had some of the best relief appearances of any Patriots pitchers this season. Kevin Gaudet has been strong at times, too. But there's been more stress on these arms, and especially this week with the Somerset Patriots starting pitchers not going as deep in games as they normally have been accustomed to, there's been more taxing situations put on this bullpen. And at least for this week, there was a number of late leads that Somerset unfortunately let get away. This week could have looked and felt a lot different uh, against the Richmond Flying Squirrels, despite the Patriots losing a number of players, despite the Patriots having four position players 
transferred up to Scranton Wilkesbury uh, during the middle of this series, but missed opportunities and late leads getting away for Somerset uh, in the course of their four losses, all resulting in a week where Somerset, looking back, is probably going to be disappointed with its overall performance and will have to rally as they welcome in the Altoona Curve for a six-game series beginning on Tuesday. Discover the future you at Centenary University. Visit an upcoming virtual information session to learn more about flexible degree or certificate programs online or in person through Centenary Choice. Centenary offers small class sizes, individualized attention, thousands of dollars in scholarships, classes just for returning adults, and new programs including public health, computer science, supply chain management, and certified financial planning. Learn more about how you can earn your degree on your busy schedule. Centenary University. Discover the future you. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we have a passion for heart health. With the largest adult and pediatric cardiac surgery programs in the state, a heart transplant program that's top 15 in the nation, a partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology and medical advancements and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities. Whoever your heart beats for, our hearts beat for you. Let's be healthy together. Visit rwjbh.org heart. Now, before we get into this series between the Somerset Patriots and the Altoona Curve, I do think it's important to at least outline the current situation for standings in the AA Northeast League because after Sunday's slate of ball games, uh, it is a new field here in the AA Northeast League. The Somerset Patriots, for such a long period of time, have had the best overall record in the AA Northeast League, regardless of divisions. But that is no longer the case. Somerset has lost three games in a row. They have dropped six of their last 10 ball games. Meanwhile, the Portland Sea Dogs, the AA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox, they have won 13 games in a row. Now, something to keep in mind with the Sea Dogs is that they have back-to-back series sweeps, six games over the Reading Fightin' Phils, who are 14 games below 500 this year and a six-game sweep of the Hartford Yard Goats, who are 25 games below 500. And for the Sea Dogs, just by how they are located geographically and the teams that they're playing this year, they don't have a very high level of competition. Uh, they're mostly just playing games against New Hampshire, Reading, Binghamton, and Hartford. Uh, so they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Nonetheless, though, they have won 13 games in a row. And right now, they are a full game up on the Somerset Patriots, they have the best record in the AA Northeast League, and they are one game up on the Patriots in the Northeast Division. It's the first time that Somerset is a game behind the Sea Dogs and in second place in the Northeast Division since entering May 15th, all the way back over two months ago. That was the last time the Patriots were in second place. They were 6-4 and four at the time. They had only played 10 games so far in the season. And their starting lineup in that ballgame consisted of Hoy Park, was still in the lineup. Max McDowell was making his Patriots debut during that short tenure. Max Burt was making his Somerset Patriots debut as well. Luis Heal was on the mound. It was a game against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, and the Patriots won that game. And since that point, they have either shared first place or have been in sole possession of first place. But all of that is now done 
with Portland having won 13 games in a row. So the Patriots find themselves one game back, now in second place in the Northeast Division. But turning our attention towards this series, it's the Altoona Curve that come in. Now, technically, they are in fifth place in the Southwest Division, but they are only two and a half games behind the Akron Rubber Ducks. The Altoona Curve are 35 and 28 this season. We've talked so often about the Southwest Division and how there's five strong teams. Five teams are only separated by two and a half games. Akron, Bowie, Erie, Richmond, and Altoona in that order, only separated by two and a half games. So Altoona very much in the thick of things when it comes to this playoff push. Now that we're in the second half of the season, we can start to focus in on that a little bit more. This will be the first of 12 games between the Somerset Patriots and the Altoona Curve in the second half of the season. The two teams have not yet met, so there are some new faces to get acclimated with as we learn a little bit more about this Altoona Curve squad. Now, looking at the grand picture, from a pitching perspective, the Altoona Curve, they have a 4.04 ERA as a team. That is middle of the pack in the AA Northeast League. They're middle of the pack in most pitching statistics. They have struck out the second fewest amount of batters as a pitching staff so far this year. The Patriots have gotten in trouble with strikeouts in the past, so that might be something uh, worth following. But a lot of the big names on this Altoona squad come in the lineup. But overall, still middle of the pack for a lot of stats. Their upper half for home runs, they have 74 home runs as a team, a team 256 batting average. What you also have to keep in mind with that batting average is that they are a National League affiliate. So when the Curve are playing other National League affiliates, they are an affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. When they're playing other National League affiliates, the pitchers actually bat in those NL affiliate versus NL affiliate games. So sometimes that will lower uh, the team's overall batting average. But still, 256 is not a bad batting average if you include that pitchers are hitting in those lineups. So the batting average could be even higher. Now, in terms of names to follow on this Altoona squad, uh, we'll start on the position player side. The biggest name to follow is probably O'Neill Cruz. Uh, he was ranked by MLB Pipeline as the number three prospect in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization entering this season. Uh, he has been tremendous for the curve. Overall, O'Neill Cruz this season hitting 289 over 43 games, nine home runs and 29 nine RBI, also 10 stolen bases. He's had some towering blasts. However, Cruz right now is on the injured list for the Altoona curve, so there is a good chance that the Patriots will not see O'Neill Cruz this week. Another name on the injured list, flipping over to the the pitching side just for a moment, Ronzi Contreras, who was turning heads with his performances at the beginning of the season, a former New York Yankees prospect, one of four prospects that were traded from the Yankees to the Pittsburgh Pirates organization during the offseason in that Jamison tie-on deal. Uh, Ronzi Contreras is also currently on the injured list for the Altoona Curve. So those are two top prospects two top performers for the curve that are currently on the injured list. Now, going back to the position player side, one name to follow, Rodolfo Castro, is actually returning to Altoona. Now, Castro has had a strong season for them. Uh, overall this year, Castro, a switch hitter batting 315 with 11 home runs, 41 runs batted in, and a 356 batting average. He's on the 40-man roster 
for the Pittsburgh Pirates and was briefly called up to the big leagues. He appeared in seven games with the Pirates this season, hit three home runs and four RBI over those seven games. He was just returned down to double-A Altoona. So Rodolfo Castro is certainly a name to follow. A couple of other ones, Mason Martin has had a tremendous season for the Altoona Curve. Uh, He is considered one of the top prospects in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. He's a top 15 prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. And for Martin, he's got a lot of raw power. He's ranked 14th by MLB Pipeline, but he is towards the league leaders in a number of categories. He has 17 home runs. That is tied for the league lead over with Taylor Snyder for the Hartford Yard Goats. He has 50 RBI. That is tied for the league lead as well. Uh, And he bats in the middle of this Altoona curve lineup. So Mason Martin, certainly a name to follow. Another name, another couple of names from a position player standpoint. One, another former New York Yankee uh, that was sent over in that Jamison tie-on deal. Probably would have been with the Somerset Patriots this year had he not been traded is uh, Cannon Smith and Jigba. Now, he was uh, traded in that deal. He's a 22-year-old outfielder, a speedy outfielder that ranked towards the top of the Yankees minor league organization last year, well, rather in 2019, uh, when it came to stolen bases. Uh, Smith and Jigba this year batting 282, six home runs, 36 RBI. He's got 12 stolen bases. He hasn't been thrown out this year, uh, so follow him. Also, G1 Bay, a, a number 13 prospect in the Pirates organization. Uh, he is also on this Altoona squad. Uh, hasn't really gotten off to a great start this year, hitting only 286. Over 32 games, has not yet hit a home run. But there are names to follow, even with O'Neill Cruz not in the, well, not expected to be in the lineup this week because he's still on the injured list. Uh, between Mason Martin, Cannon Smith, and Jigba, uh, Rodolfo Castro, Jaywan Bay, uh, there are uh, some prominent bats to follow on this Altoona squad. In terms of what I'm looking for from a Somerset Patriots perspective this week, one of the big names that pops out to me is how is Diego Castillo going to perform? He is such an important part of this Patriots squad. It was a tough week for him against the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Over six games, he was just two for 23 from the plate. He did draw six walks, so he got on base with a little bit more regularity, uh, but only two for 23, one run batted in. That is not the level of production that the Patriots have grown accustomed to seeing out of Diego Castillo. And now he normally bats in the leadoff spot for the Patriots. So as Castillo often goes, so go the Patriots. So I'm going to be looking towards Diego Castillo to see what kind of bounce back performance he can have. Also taking a look a little bit closer at Oswald Peraza. Uh, He's a top 100 prospect, and he has been the hottest batter for the Patriots as of late. In the series against the Richmond Flying Squirrels, he went 9 for 24. That's a 375 batting average with four runs batted in, six runs scored, three doubles, three stolen bases. He has hit safely in six straight games, multiple hits in five of those six. He's batting well over 300 in the month of July. Oswald Peraza has been red hat. Also, Isaiah Gilliam has been playing really well for the Patriots. He hit 375 in that series against the Richmond Flying Squirrels as well. So Somerset, offensively, those are three players that I'm certainly looking at to see whether Castillo can turn it around and if Oswald Peraza and Isaiah Gilliam can keep their strong week in Richmond going when the team returns home this coming Tuesday to take on the Altoona Curve. 
The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, N.A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. Green Knoll Golf Course, located in Bridgewater Township and less than five minutes from Route 22, is the original Somerset County Park Commission course. Since 1960, golfers have enjoyed the rolling layout with slight elevation changes throughout the course. Green Knoll Golf Course also features a nine-hole pitch and putt course with holes ranging from 40 to 100 yards. Call 908-722-1301 or visit greennolgolf.com to book a tee time today. Now, there have been a lot of moves in the New York Yankees minor league system uh, over the last week or so that we really need to dive into uh, before we get to the actual affiliate reports from all of the other uh, Yankees affiliates. From a Somerset Patriots perspective, uh, they have lost a good amount of players. Glenn Otto, deservedly so, was transferred up from Somerset to AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre earlier this week. Four other players over the course of the week after Wednesday's game from the Patriots were also transferred up to AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre in Donnie Sands, Thomas Malone, Matt Pita, and Christian Perez. Now, some of this comes from the fallout of the COVID outbreak at the major league level with the Bronx Bombers. So there were players from Scranton-Wilkes-Barre like Hoy Park, Glenn Allen, Trey Ambergie, Chris Gittens, uh, who all were transferred up to the major league level. And so the Rail Riders needed to fill out their roster. But still, some really deserving opportunities uh, for those players. There's also some impressive names lower down in the Yankees organization that have moved their way up. So I thought it would be a practical exercise to see how some of those players that are in new places have fared so far uh, this week. Now, taking one step back before we do that, focusing in on the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, uh, there's a couple of pitchers that I wanted to key in on. Two relief pitchers that, of course, were with the Patriots to begin the season that have had success so far with the Rail Riders. Greg Weissert, who began the year in Somerset, has made five appearances in the month of July without allowing a run, striking out eight over eight and one-third innings. Weissert was tremendous with the Patriots. He operated as the team's primary closer uh, towards the beginning of the season. He has only allowed one run over 12 and two-thirds innings at the AAA level across nine appearances so far this year. So Weissert has pitched well. Steven Ridings was tremendous for the Patriots, even as recently as that 12-game road trip between Portland and Harrisburg. Ridings has made four appearances at the AAA level. He's only allowed one earned run over five innings of work. He has a save. He has struck out six as a 1.80 earned run average. So certainly nice to see those Patriots performing well. Uh, In terms of the most recent call-ups, what a debut it was at the AAA level for both Donnie Sands and Matt Pita. Donnie Sands in his first at-bat in AAA with the Rail Riders up in Worcester, Mass, taking on the Worcester Red Sox, hit a solo home run, an absolute bomb 
for Donnie. And then later in that game, Matt Pita had a three-run home run of his own right uh, against the Worcester Red Sox. So very exciting to see both of those players performing well with Scranton. Uh, Christian Perez has had one at bat. Thomas Malone has had two at bats uh, since getting called back up to the uh, AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. Now looking at the other levels in the Yankees organization, first, the Hudson Valley Renegades. The big name on the move for Hudson Valley getting sent up to the Renegades was Anthony Volpe, uh, one of the top prospects in the Yankees organization, a Jersey kid, uh, played his high school ball at Del Barton, was a first-round draft pick by the Yanks a couple of years ago. And I know there's a lot of Patriots fans in New Jersey that are excited about the prospects of Anthony Volpe playing in town. So we're going to be following how he performs with Hudson Valley throughout the rest of the season. Over his first six games with the Renegades this week, Volpe hit 280. He was 7 for 25 from the plate, a pair of runs batted in, a pair of walks as well. Now he's going to get an extended look at high A Hudson Valley. I would be surprised if he made his way up to double A Somerset, even towards the end of this season. I think he'll have a long look uh, with the Renegades this year, but uh, it's certainly exciting for him to have that opportunity. One player that's been crushing it with the Renegades, and I'm sure Rob Adams will get to him in his report, Josh Bro. Uh, just in the month of July alone, Bro, a catcher, has hit six home runs, 11 RBI, uh, and a 340 batting average. Now, we don't know how long Donnie Sands is going to stay at the AAA level, if he's there for an extended period of time, or if he's just there right now with Rob Brantley up with the New York Yankees and the Rail Riders having a need at the catcher position. But Josh Bro is a name to watch. He has been with the Hudson Valley Renegades all season long, and he's the next man up uh, with a lot of the depth at the catcher position in the Yankees organization. Not only with Donnie Sands, we have Josh Bro, you have Anthony Siegler, you have Austin Wells. Uh, Siegler's with the Renegades, Wells is with the Tampa Tarpons. All of them were drafted high. Now there's varying opinions on those three catchers uh, throughout a lot of people that follow the Yankees organization, uh, but Bro has been crushing it in the month of July. Uh, so we'll see if he eventually gets an opportunity with the Patriots. And then at the high, at rather the low A level, uh, the name that everyone's been waiting on, Finally, the Martian has landed Jason Dominguez, who played in the Futures game alongside current Patriots right-handed pitcher Luis Medina, finally made his way to full-season professional baseball. He just spent the last week with the low-A Tampa Tarpons. He will be with Tampa for an extended amount of time, uh, but Dominguez made an immediate impact was 8-for-20 from the plate over his first five games with the Tarpons. That's a 400 batting average, one home run, four runs batted in, an OBP of 429. Keep in mind, not only is Dominguez the number one uh, overall prospect in the New York Yankees organization consensus, he's only 18 years old. So an exciting, promising first week for the Martian. I'm sure he'll be with Tampa for probably the rest of the season. Maybe there's a chance he gets up to Hudson Valley at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not sure if that will happen, uh, but certainly very exciting to see Dominguez performing with the Tampa Tarpons. With that, now let's take a uh, closer look at each of these different teams with the rest of the broadcasters in the New York Yankees minor league organization. Heading into play on Sunday, the Tampa Tarpons remain one of the best teams in all of minor league baseball. 44 wins, 20 losses, a 688 winning percentage. Tampa went 4-2 and two this week while taking on the Lakeland Flying Tigers. None of that is the story. 
highly touted prospect Jason Dominguez, number one overall in the Yankees organization, made his debut. The Martian has finally landed on a full-season club. In his Tarpons debut on Tuesday, was two for four with a double. Hit his first ever triple, stumbling his way to third base on Thursday. And Friday launched his first professional home run. 99 miles per hour off the bat, 344 feet on the blast for Dominguez. In his first week with the Tarpons, four games, seven hits over 16 at-bats, a 438 average, 813 slugging percentage. He's got 13 total bases in 17 total plate appearances. Add him to a Tarpons team that includes Austin Wells and Trevor Halver, and it might be safe to say Tampa is going to keep this up for a little while longer. Hi, everyone. This is Rob Adams, and this is Renegades Recap. The Renegades spent the week in Wilmington, Delaware, as they faced off with the Blue Rocks. On Tuesday, five Hudson Valley batters had two or more hits as the Gades took Game 1, 9-4. James Nelson homered in the win. Ezekiel Duran doubled and drove in two. Anthony Volpe, the 30th pick in the 2019 draft, had a hit, a walk, and an RBI in his Renegades debut. On Wednesday, three Blue Rocks held the Renegades in check, limiting them to just five hits in a 7-0 Wilmington win. The Gades further climbed into a mini tailspin with a doubleheader loss on Thursday. In Game 1, Johnny Brito pitched six innings for a complete game, and Pablo Oliveras had three hits, but the Blue Rocks scored twice in the fifth to win 3-2. In the second game, the Renegades were two-hit and lost 2-1. Chad Bell homered for the lone Hudson Valley tally. The three-game losing streak came to an end on Friday as the Renegades won 8-7. Elijah Dunham, Josh Bro, and Jake Sanford each homered for the Gades. Anthony Volpe doubled twice, had four hits, and scored twice in the win as the Renegades scored four times in the ninth. Saturday's game was the fourth straight one-run affair. A four-run seventh inning put the Renegades ahead to stay, and Sean Semple pitched seven innings for his fourth win as Hudson Valley took the 6-5 victory. Anthony Siegler hit a three-run shot in the decisive seventh, while Pat DeMarco and Chad Bell added solo shots. After playing Sunday at Wilmington, the Renegades make the 45-minute drive down I-95 to Aberdeen, Maryland for a week with the Ironbirds. That's your Renegades recap. I'm Rob Adams. With this look at the Scranton Wilkesbury Railriders, I'm Adam Marco. Of course, there are plenty of big stories in the Yankees organization this week. For the Railriders, how about Trey Ambergeek going up and making his major league debut? But not just Trey. Hoy Park to the majors for the first time and played on Friday night. Rob Brantley is up with the Yankees. Greg Allen, Chris Gittens, all back in the big leagues right now. For the Railriders, they still had a game to play on Friday night. Getting some familiar faces like Thomas Malone and Christian Perez. Or newcomers that factored immediately. Donnie Sands with a home run in his first ever AAA at bat. Tenth, we saw him a little bit. Sands, deep drive down the left field line. This is absolutely destroyed. Gone! Clears the video board down the left field line and might have launched that over the train tracks. That was a blast for Donnie Sands. A couple of innings later, it was Matt Peta with the home run, pushing Scranton Wilkesbury ahead for good. No balls, two strikes, runners on the corners, pitch to Peta. High drive out towards left field that sends Cordero back to the warning track to the wall, and this is gone. Matt Peta, home run. Scranton Wilkesbury out in front, five to two here in the top half of the sixth inning. The reinforcements from Somerset paying dividends tonight. 
All of this backing Glenn Otto in his AAA debut. He didn't factor in the decision. Gave up two runs on seven hits with four strikeouts and two walks over four and a third innings pitched. Plenty of baseball to be played on Sunday. The Rail Riders are back at home on Tuesday. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, they've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank NA. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey health plans have the benefits you need. Telemedicine, so you can see a doctor anytime, anywhere. Mental health professionals available 24-7. Virtual ID cards and more on your phone. We'll help you find the plan that covers it all. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey is here when you need us most. Now and always. All right, well, that's going to do it for us for this week's episode of the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Brandon Pelter will rejoin the show for next week's episode. We've got six games this week against the Altoona Curve, all of the action at TD Bank Ballpark. Now, you can still get your tickets at somersetpatriots.com. But thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. And as always, enjoy this week of Patriots baseball. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.